John Waters is an icon of film and one of my favorite directors. He is bringing his Christmas show, A John Waters Christmas, filthier and merrier to Talia Hall on December 3rd. And his newest book is called Mr. Know-It-All, The Tarnished Wisdom of a Filth Elder. On the line to talk to me all about it is just the incomparable John Waters. Thank you for joining me. Well, thank you. I'm excited for the Christmas show. Well, it's, I'm, I'm about almost finished writing it. I wrote it every time this year. I completely rewrite it. It's all new material. And here we go. Here we so, go. Yes, and I know that Chicago and, and Baltimore, you know, we love to be the brunt of Trump. So I'm, I'm glad to come to another city that he says he things about. Are there any other things about Chicago that uh, remind you of Baltimore? Well, I've always liked it there. It's the city. The architecture looks like what high-rises are supposed to look like. Yeah. And um, I've always had fun there. It's always been a good city for me. I, I love the look of the L. It always makes me crazy. I, I don't know. I just like it there. I want to talk uh, about your book. Do you think in this 2019, quote-unquote, woke culture, people are like, comedy is dead. You can't say anything about anybody anymore. But oh, you, I do. Yeah, and, you, and nobody questions. Well, they don't I'm, get mad because I'm not mean about it, I don't think. I think, and I mostly make fun, except for Trump, of things I love. So, um, and even when I make fun of Trump in a sexual way, I mean, it's fair. He grabs himself, you know. That, so if, if he can say that, I think it is fair game to make sexual jokes about the president. I agree. I mean, he's 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 set the bar, and we're all just kind of hovering around it. Yeah, I mean, he thinks a vagina wall is something you jump over in Mexico. <laughs> oh my gosh! I uh, I want to. Uh, first of all, you are talking to uh, a DJ for a hip hop radio station inside of an NPR affiliate station in well, Chicago. That sounds perfect. It's you know, perfect. I I have in my new book the music chapter how I want to end up being a. Uh, hillbilly lunatic rapper. <laughs> so, Would you like I my fifteen dollars like for the album now? Or? Of music, so I'm all for it. But there's the thing about that. There's so many different kinds of people in this in this building, and there's not one person that I talked to about this interview that wasn't so excited that. Uh, oh, that's nice. Well, I like keeping surprising people going all over. I don't know if you've seen it, but have you seen that I'm one of the Nike ads? One of the ones with like the the close up of your of your face in the black and white. Yeah, there's a new. I am the one of the Nike spokesmen for their new ad campaign, <laughs> which is kind of astounding even to me. Do you get like? Do they send you shoes in the mail? Like yeah, they did actually. And I wore them the other night for the first time. The new ones and young people in the restaurant actually said something about them, and others were trying to look at them because they hadn't seen them before. Which I was ama- I was amazed. I thought, God, this is great. I'm trying to picture John Waters in a pair of just like well, Jordans. You're right. <laughs> but, you know, Nike and Come to did uh, a lot of projects together, which is oh yes. designer that I do like. Mm-hmm. There's much more what I wear. Yeah. But um, they sent me some really strange ones, so I slipped them right on and went out with them last night. Are you kidding? I'm a company man. <laughs> this is Jill Hopkins for Vocalo Radio. I'm on the line with iconic director John Waters. A John Waters Christmas filthier and merrier is at Talia Hall on December 3rd. You're calling yourself a filth elder in this book title. Do you think that the world is catching up to the filthiness that you've been peddling oh, sure. forever? It, what I did earlier is now just what's called American humor. It's not, you know, it's what all humor is based on kind of now. I haven't changed much. I mean, my last movie was about sex addicts. And, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think people have gotten much, I think it's healthier because people can laugh at themselves. But 
they have to laugh at themselves first, then if they make fun of themselves first, then others can and they can join in the laughter and hopefully get people to not be so judgmental and and maybe change their minds because I'm not a separatist and I, I never have been. Uh, I'm not for hanging around with just all people that are exactly like you. I don't get that. When I uh, was a kid, I grew up in a multi-generational household. It was me and my mom, my grandma, and, uh, you know, this was... I was probably in middle school when Hairspray came out, and we all watched it together, and one of the, I guess unintended consequences of something like that was that I have lived this very like inclusive life that like all my my friends look like a Benetton ad I'm I'm a well, checker that's good. Yeah. I wish mine did more yeah is there a homogeneity to to well, the John I mean, Waters you know, social circle 70 percent black and my party certainly isn't yeah amen you know, and, but I haven't been invited to 70 percent black parties either <laughs> <laughs> So I think people in Baltimore, if there's a problem, they stay in their own neighborhood too much. And that's what happens. If you never leave your own kind, that's the races are never well-traveled. That's Yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, You're not it's impossible see. to be one. If you've traveled all over the world and see how many thousands of kinds of people they are and how different cultures. You, it, the races are the people that never see anything except their own culture. And they're scared. Yeah. And is there which is no excuse? <laughs> which is no excuse. And I, you know, I'm in an interracial marriage myself. My husband is from like the dead center of Kansas, and and sometimes I go back there, and I'm, you know, just dumbfounded by how, uh, you know, the same everybody kind of looks there. But liberals can be so wrong at it. I mean, like in Provincetown, we have every, you know, they have gay pilots week. They have every kind of week, right? Then they had men of color week. I thought that's so insulting. That's like Negro Day in, in Hairspray. <laughs> I mean, so, what do you go up to a one black man and say, oh, you're here for men of color week? No, I live here. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it was like sometimes liberals do the, the most racist things without even even revealing it. And somebody said in, in a kind of criti critical way about Hairspray, it's a white man's version of integration. It is. It's what I went through when I was growing up. I was Tracy in a way. Yeah. I mean, I went down, you know, marched for the first time and saw all when Governor Wallace ran for president in Baltimore and the amusement parks were uh, segregated and all those kind of battles. But that's what I was going on when I was in high school. So it was a white man's version of the, what happened. This is Vocal Radio. I'm Jill Hopkins. On the line with me, director of Polyester, Female Trouble, and Hairspray, the one and only John Waters. And this is me, I guess, speaking for myself and the people in my immediate household. It never felt as though you were making excuses for... The, for the white savior, that's the thing which I get why black people get pissed off about the white savior plot always. Yeah. But nine could be accused that, I guess, because Ricky Lake did help integrate the show. And in real life, what happened... The white kids snuck on Black Day. That's how it really ended. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite favorite movies. I well, I am so appreciate so many the versions these days, and maybe more coming. I mm -hmm. I I think I think I did read that, but I'm kind of a purist about it. I think like Thank the, you. the original. But you know is my what? Favorite. I don't mind. I think it's pretty hard to kill the characters, and uh, and every year it gets more politically correct because they change it. You can't have a fat girl only play. You can have a white girl only play. So I've seen it with a skinny black Tracy in the public schools. And the kids don't, they like, they don't care. It's fine. I think that's progress. Yeah, I do too. I think that whether or not you will, will say so about yourself, I think you have had a big hand in, in, you know, the progress of 
of just tolerance in America? Well, I hope so. I said I've never been a separatist. I, I think that everybody has to make everybody laugh, even if we're in the exact... I mean, even racists like Hairspray, that's a scary thing. <laughs> Because it's a good movie. It's they good don't music. realize it, but they do like it, and they. And they I know a couple races that like it. Uh, I'm you know always what? staggered by that. I don't point out the politics. I think can't you see that maybe? <laughs> Even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> well, it's the music. Yeah, you know it, when when that show was popular in Baltimore, it was mostly working collar white kids, and their parents definitely a lot of times were racist, but all the music they listened to was black radio completely. Well, speaking as black radio right now, (laughs) I'm super happy that you made time for us. Thank you so much, sir. 